Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Bum, bum, bada, bum, bum, bada, bum, bum. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and today I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you today. We are talking Dark Wings, Dark Words, Season 3, Episode 2. Written by Vanessa Taylor and directed by Daniel Minahan. Dark wings? Dark word? Wing is in like a, a, a animal wing? Hmm. The way know. that I take it is the raven. The raven stuff in this episode. Dark That'll wings, do it. I, my head was too words. much in dragon dragon no, mode, but that makes raven sense. Raven wings. There we go. Yes, there we yes. go. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this was a this was a solid episode, you know. It wasn't anything that made me go like, "Holy shit, I can't believe mm. the show is as good as it is." But it also like there's this odd thing with this show where no matter what, that's kind of just like the automatic setting for it, where it's like, "Oh, this is just that good." Uh yeah. like this is just that good of a show. I think this uh, this episode was more of a just like a reminder on the rewatch. It's like nothing absolutely crazy you know you can't really pick apart one thing in this episode where you're like oh yeah well battle blackwater you had a big green explosion or you know you can't really pick out one massive event but it's just the whole episode is just super slow not really much it's just people talking you know and that's that's, so good. that's all that's happening and and These i don't know are... it's just a reminder of how consistently good the show can be. Right, just all right. The time. Yeah, these are my favorite episodes because, like, when, whenever we come to our favorites, inevitably, later on, these episodes are the hardest ones to pick favorites for. You know, like, uh, mm. I don't, like, I had a tough time deciding, like, not because no scene was like, whoa, obviously that was great. They were all great, just in the same way. You know, like, yeah. it's kind of, it was kind of difficult to, the um so it's uh it, it was a real it was a real fun one to pick favorites for and I uh mm. I look forward to getting to that point. Shall we begin? Oh yeah, I guess the only location that we're is the only location Danny or just over in Essos, I guess. Is that the only pe- people we didn't hit this episode? Yes, it is. Okay. It is indeed. That's what I thought. Okay, I just you're scaring to... me. It almost sounded like you didn't watch the same episode as me because I thought you were going. Is did we only stick with Danny this week? And I was like, oh, uh, in fact, we didn't see we her did at all. Yeah, uh, no, I was like, okay. I'm like, oh, we didn't get Danny, and I'm like, came I through, think... came through at the end there with oh, the yeah, last few no. words. <laughs> yeah, we're good. That could have been very scary, but no, and I was right. like. Well, we missed Daenerys, but everyone else, like that, like every character that has been established, has just honed their craft on. Like you, you can just tell they're their character now. And then we get introductions. To, so, like I don't know, this episode was just 
Oh, we get some incredible character introductions, mm-hmm. extremely important character introductions. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the first appearances for Olena Tyrell, Jojen and Mira Reed, uh, Ramsey, Thoros Amir, mm-hmm. like just all sorts of characters who end up being pretty long term importance, uh, which is cool. But uh, what, what Sorry, you going crazy I, about over there? I just saw your hair. Uh, like, oh yeah, just now. Braided. Wow, yeah. People yeah. people don't know this, but yeah, no. You know, wow. Okay, looks great. I just sorry. I appreciate uh, it. I appreciate it. No, yeah. Uh, it was a tangled mess for like days. So last night, Emily brushed my hair and braided it and stuff because if I don't if if I don't take care of it, she will. Um, <laughs> uh, that's that's what the ladies always do. Yeah, right? that's yeah, what yeah, that's. They always take care of us whenever we. Yeah, we I'm like I just, I just I, and I know it's terrible. I have long hair. I should be managing it a little bit better. But uh, I'll I just like throw it up. I just throw it up in a bun, and I'm like uh, I'll deal with it later. You know. <laughs> like, I don't know it'll, it'll thing, be you could you could have like this show. People have like that. I don't know. I can't do. I can't play someone in this show really. You know, in oh, right, right. well. But you could like get into characters so well with so many people. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I feel like you could. Uh, I think you could pull off like a like a a nice Lannister cousin. That's what I was saying. You know, I was like, yeah. man. Sadly, in the Game of Thrones universe, I would be on the Lannister family. You know, it's yeah. like ah, it's like that's ah, you know whatever i i'd choose to leave though you know that that'd be my, right 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 um, the, and, you know you don't have to be a part of like the main the, the core four or anything you know I you could Tyrion's a thing yeah Tyrion's yeah. cool he's yeah. a lannister maybe but we're pretty uh, sure <laughs> yeah deaf half no right where the other half comes from but i don't know but but man, i i guess no, I'll save it because I'm. I, I, that's the thing. I want to jump into so many different scenes in this episode, right, like, in right. the episode, but it's like I don't know. I, I can't. There's a bunch of good shit going on here, but we do begin beyond the wall. Oh yeah. Uh, John Snow is marching slowly south with the Free Folk Army, uh, and at the right, right beside King Beyond the Wall, Mance Raider the whole time. Interesting that you know it's not like he's like taking him under his wing or anything. I, I'm I'm curious why Mance Raider would keep such a close eye on Jon Snow. Like, what is it about him that makes him go, you know what, you're by my side the whole fucking time? Like, I think that's interesting. I was wondering because he he was a like a Mance Raider was a member of the Night's Watch before he yeah. left and did everything. So I was like, well, maybe it's more of a fam- familiarity. You know, he hasn't yeah, seen yeah. someone else in so long, and and everyone else that he unite. You know, he even says like. How do you think I got all these idiots to come? You know, idiot. I don't want to call them idiots, but like in his mind, he was like, "These people don't know what the fuck they're really doing." I united all of them, you know, blah blah blah. And he's like, "So I think it was more of just like, John understands the real world as Mance knew it, and they know all of the bullshit right. and stuff that right. goes on in the real world that the Wildlings actually don't know of." So that was like the only thing I could I could kind of piece, but. One of my favorite, like, one of my favorite ideas about this is this is, like, part of what makes him a good king. Yeah. Oh. Is, like, not not just... Oh, Mance, you mean? Yeah, Mance. Like, a a new person shows up, and he doesn't treat them like he's Um, higher up than them. He doesn't treat them like he's better than them. We don't kneel before anybody. I'll walk by your side, and we'll we'll talk about things together if you have, like, it's like... I think it's just something that makes people want to follow Mance a little bit, and I think it's certainly something that ends up making Jon Snow respect him and like, uh, 
ultimately oh, yeah. taking after him in a lot of uh, very important aspects. And John's but, like uh, his resume. He's like he's building quite the resume. He's he's kind of the the intern at the Night's Watch. You know, yeah, for his, letters, his, le- <laughs> um, his letters, his letters of reference are going to be yeah, really really good. And now he's interning for the King Beyond the Wall. Um, right. You know, basically right now, just just learning everything you can. He's being a sponge, absorbing everything. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I don't know. I, I oh like my that. god, man! Watching mm-hmm. shit like this makes me go like. <sighs> Like, I'm glad. I'm glad he gets what he wants at the end of the show, you know? But it feels pretty clear that they were grooming him to be king, right? Like, uh... uh Very clear. Like, th- now, on the rewatch, it's, e- like, abundantly clear. He's with yeah. every leader. He is... The conversations he is having are about leadership and about morals and everything. Yeah. And, you know, and, the, and I guess... It's what we wanted to happen, you know. I get we we still got the true ending, I guess, to to leave up in the air whenever that comes out. But like, yeah, for the show, I think maybe it's not it's what we wanted, but that's not necessarily what should happen. Yeah, time. exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, like I think there's this thing about Jon Snow that's really really cool because he's always he's always kind of done up to this point what was expected of him. Like he keeps saying, this is what he wants. This is what he wants. And he keeps not getting that, you know, until, uh, Gior gives in and is like, yeah, go ahead, go with corn half hand. Like, yeah, go ahead, do this. Like fucking mm. fine. You know, like you're going to be a steward, not a, not a ranger. Like, okay, fucking fine. You know, mm. like all this, all this shit across the board where it's not until he starts until he leaves the night's watch that he really starts doing things his way and uh mm. the final okay. the final stick in that coffin is him going i don't want to be king i'm gonna go live beyond the wall deuces you know like he's like i'm fine best, you know the best kings are the ones who don't want to be because i mean we'll get yeah, we'll exactly. get to king's landing later with the current king and you know he calls himself he likes to call himself it likes to be it heard you know like, yeah. like to, to hear it but it's like no one sees him as the king right now. No anymore. one respects you like that yeah. guy. Uh, no. Um, no. He's the furthest away from the throne, like right now, out of all of the people who have... Brand's getting there. They're, they're meeting. So it's like, of all the people who are eventually... Will In Westeros, have, yeah. Yeah, it's like, he's so far away, but... I don't know. Like, Mance, he, he's getting the the right lessons from, like, the right people. You know, mm-hmm. like, he was brought up from Ned... Like you got to think of all the just honorable things Ned's. You know that's that's why he's so honorable in the way he is. He was just brought up by Ned, and now you know he wanted thought he wanted to join the Night's Watch. It was everything he wanted, and then he got there. Didn't real you know? So like everything doesn't quite go his way, but man, is he just? It's going the right way in terms of king shit. I guess. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, I guess like they've, they've he's being molded into a fantastic leader, uh, mm. and. I think that uh, I just I just love the guy. You know, I remember watching this for the first time. Not not even yet. You know, like still not yet was I like, oh man, I love Jon Snow. You know, like we're still not there yet. Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I, I remember being like, oh, I like this guy, and I like when we go up north and we talk about it. We we do the stories that he's involved in, but it's not until like season, probably next season. The the more his and Egret's romance gets. Mm-hmm. fledged out the more oh, am yeah. i like oh yeah i really like this guy uh keep going back to john snow uh we're definitely at the beginning of that upward slope though of like oh yeah 
this is this is the guy. Mm-hmm. I really like this guy. Uh, but Mance is explaining his army and its diverse force about how he's got over 90 different groups or clans of wildlings, seven different languages in his army. They all have internal rivalry, rivalries. The he, the Thens hate the fucking Halffoots, and the Halffoots hate the fucking uh, Hobbits. Everyone and the Hobbits. hates the fucking cave people, though. I love Fuck how you do that when he's like, yeah, everyone hates the cave people. It's like, I don't, it's, I don't know. It, it was a, I love this. Just any time that this, I don't know what to call it. Building, like, yeah, you know? World building. Like, but no, no, like the the idea behind it of like, w- like even though it's Game of Thrones and fantasy and he's uniting people beyond the wall and stuff like that, like it's not any different from the world, like the world we yeah. live in. You know, he's just telling, what he's basically saying is like, everyone's been lied to their whole lives and I just came up here and told everyone the truth. I told everyone they're all going to die. You know, it's, it's yeah. the bad truth, but... You know, it worked to unite them, and I don't know. That's that's the thing is that he he said whether he told them that they were all going to die, and that was you know what did it. I don't know. I think it was more of just he was honest with right. everyone. He was just the first one to be like, he's real. Yeah, he like uh, he's just actually real and actually cares for the. Right? I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. He doesn't necessarily love the people, but he's like, well, we'll die if we don't do anything. So we need to do something if you want to stay living. So it's like the dude is just I don't know. I, I fuck he with fights for the side that fights yeah. for the living. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man's yeah. is a real one, man. He's a he's a real, real dope character, and he only like I think he lasts two like all the way through three season three and four. Like I think I he gets. I think he lasts a while. Um, I don't remember. I don't. I have zero idea how he goes. Oh, I'm assuming he dies. Good, yeah, uh, it's good though. Like it's yeah, a real good scene. Happens, but, no. uh, and you'll remember it as soon as you see it. Go, ah, yeah. Ah, that's usually how it happens with the. That show. was good. Yeah, so that's, was good. That, that's that's why the rewatch is so good. Is is you're you're waiting for those moments that you know are going to kind of come up, but then the things that you forgot, you're like, oh man, I forgot this. The show was just so good. Oh yeah. Like it's just there's just so much that happens that it's impossible for you to remember it all. You just mm. e- e- even at this point, like I feel like I know this show pretty much front to back, and there are episodes that come up where I'm like, oh, that happens now. Like I know yeah. I know what happens, but mm. I don't know when it happens. <laughs> so like it just keeps being like, oh shit, we're already there. I lo- I love I love shit like that. But uh, Mansa goes ahead and brings John to one of his scouts. Orel, who mm. uh, he's a, he's a warg, and he's sitting there with his eyes rolled back in his in his head as an eagle circles above them. And John's like, "The fuck's wrong with him?" And uh, Egret's like, "What? You never seen a warg?" And uh, Mance has to explain that a warg is a person who is capable of entering the mind of an animal and seeing what it sees, and even controlling its actions. And uh, Orel controls his menagerie to scout miles ahead and Mance asks him I like I loved the way Mance and Tormund like got up in his face they were like what'd you see this time yeah, you know like, like is it is it that they're just wanting to know or is it kind of like that they have to bring him back into reality sort of thing because I was when I'm like it's, it, I it think was it's really interesting I think like, it makes more sense for it to be like they need to ground him and like what's real what's really in front of him so they have mm-hmm. to get up in his face and be like yeah, like come back, man. We're right here. Yeah. Like, uh, so he saw. He said he was. It was at the fist of the first men and just dead crows. That was it. Dead but is crows. it? Is it the? 
where is the fist of the first men? Like where it's is- where the fight happened at the beginning of the last episode. Okay, so, so he uh, saw the actual. Yeah, he saw the. I think he it saw wasn't the result a or a pat. It was. It was actually yeah. like he was in the air, just real time sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, he so, just saw it. So a and that's war, why it's real time is because they're not there anymore. He didn't see yeah. the fight. He just saw what was left behind. So I guess a warg is you are literally just entering the mind of an animal at that time. That's mm-hmm. it. Yes. It's no. There's no. There's no three eyed raven thing about yeah. that. Uh, a okay. warg literally. There's no time travel involved. It's yeah, just so. projecting into the mind of an animal. And we've already seen a brand do that, uh, obviously, several times. And the best, the best portrayal of like the real timeness is whenever he warged into Summer mm. and Summer like ran through the Winterfell courtyard, jumped into his bed and looked at his face. And then oh, yeah. he woke and Brand woke up and he was right there. Like, uh, that's true. Yeah. I just didn't know if like, if it was, they didn't know. Like, they thought that it was present time and sort of thing, but it could be, like, ambiguous, you know? I get you. I get you. Because I'm like, the first minute, I'm like, well, what else happens at the Fist of the First? Does anything else really happen out there? Like, there's a fight, like, at, you know, Castle Black, like, at the wall, and more stuff happens, like, at the wall. And I'm like, yeah, this, I I was just, uh, anything that has to do with Bran or Warrior or anything I'm, like, looking into, but it's... Well, this is the first real step toward, like, this episode is the first real step towards that mythology being explored, and it's it's really fucking cool. I really love Jojen and Mira, and I can't wait to get there and talk about it, but, uh... Yeah, I love the way R.L. looks up, and he's like, Dead crows. And, uh, John's like, okay, man, shit, sorry. Like, you didn't have to look right at me when you said that, like, like, man, that's brutal, uh, kind of a dick for that why, why'd you look at man's he was a night's watchman like shit uh but uh <laughs> nevertheless lord commander Gior mormont of the night's watch is leading the few survivors of the slaughter at the battle of the first men south in hope of reaching the wall and samuel tarley just cannot keep up you got rasp back there being a little bitch one of the most unlikable characters in this entire show sucks. yeah that guy sucks so hard oh like- you want to you want to lay down, little piggy? Uh, like, oh, dude, somebody stab this motherfucker, please. Um, is he in the party that tries to kill John and that gets hanged, or no? Because there's like four people that get hanged, and it's like the there's kid, something the, that happens prior to this that I can't prior to that that I can't remember if he makes it that far. I don't think he dies in the hanging. I think it's because just... Because they take over Craster's Keep whenever they get back. Uh, that guy? Or just the... Rast and team? another guy. Like, the, some of the oh. Night's Watchmen take over Craster's Keep. Um, Too much in this show. It's, just, it's insane how deep... How do you know... How do you remember all of that? How? Oh, I can't... Well, that's the thing. I can remember that that happened. I can't remember how big of a part Rast was of it, though. Mm, okay. I can't remember if he, like, was one of the main guys who was like, yeah, let's fucking do this shit, which I assume he is. They're kind of building him up to be the biggest asshole in the Night's Watch, which is a really tough, tough thing to be. Uh mm. But like, yeah, I remember. I remember that happens, but I can't remember if Rast makes it out of that. I can't remember if he mm. incites it. I can't remember what. I know. I remember one thing he does, and it's like, oh yeah, this guy fucking sucks. But regardless, uh, yeah, he's like, 
he's given Sam shit about how he's a fat little piggy and how he's, you know, slowing them down and how he should just lay down and die. And Sam takes his advice. He goes ahead and drops to his knees. And, uh, I love, I love Gren and Ed coming back and be like, come on, man. Like, we gotta go. You gotta get up. You gotta fight through this. And he's like, you left me. Oh, I man. Yeah, you had like every every version of like the Night's Watch brothers here. You had the guy that just straight up bully asshole, fuck this dude to the day he dies. You know, you have that ver you know, whatever. He's just getting in. He what's his name? I already forgot he's Rast? Yeah, Rast. It sucks anyways. I don't I don't even want to speak it out loud, but you know, dude is just it, it, because he went through all the fighting and stuff, he has to feel better about himself, so he has to unload it mm-hmm. on other people. But then you have like two friends that are I would call them friends. Yeah. Know? They're I mean, they're pragmatic. Yeah. They're practical. One, one who is like, All right, Sam, let's get up, come on, you know, like being the actual helpful, like, all right, yeah. you know, we gotta get up, we gotta but then the other that's like, Well, yeah, you know, actually we did leave you to die. We did uh, we did leave you. Uh you're slow. And, you're yep, fat and slow. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't want to die. And you know, it's he's just very real, a, a true for it's just very too real at yeah. that point. Well, know? his nickname is uh Dolores Ed, and Dolores means like sour, down, uh, sad. Like he's just he just has like a really sad, real perspective of things, and he's like they literally call him it. Like he's like you are you are so depressing that you are now Dolores Ed. I see that now because, like, I didn't, I didn't really pick up on that. I guess before, but man, everything that comes out of his mouth was just like, well, yeah, I know we didn't want to die. Yeah, you were just, negative. Well, whatever. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, you're fat and slow, and we didn't want to die. And the way Gren looks at him, like, dude, come on, he wants to lay down and die right now. Don't tell him things like that. You're saying the worst thing possible for him right now. Yeah. <laughs> and you got. I don't know. This is my line of the episode mm. whenever Lord Commander comes up. When he's he, like, yo, what the fuck's going on here? And they're oh. like, well, you know, Sam does, doesn't want to get up. And he's like, Tali, I forbid you to die. He literally, like, he's, he is taking care of a bunch of kids. Like, mm-hmm. literally. It's like, he walks over there and he's like, alright, what's going on? He's like, alright, what the fuck's happening? He's like, oh, okay, <laughs> whatever, uh, I forbid you to die. All right, now yeah. let's go. It's like, yeah, okay. Literally, yeah, he, like, he is life, he is life or death babysitting. And, which and is my, not something people do. In my head, Canon, I, I take this, this order that Sam has gotten from the Lord Commanders. I forbid you to die. Sam, he makes, he makes it. You know, he's, he's the, he's Maester Tarly. Master Mace. What what is the of the five people in this scene with Gren, Ed, Dior, and Rast, and Sam? He is the only one who lives through the entire show. Which I thought was like a, a that thought occurred to me while I was watching it. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's so funny that they're working so hard to keep him alive right now, and he is the only one who lives. Like he is the only one who stays alive throughout the show. Uh, Any one of these one moments where they didn't go back and get him though. Like mm-hmm. if yeah, they didn't go back and pick about if Lord Commander didn't t- didn't say I forbid you to die. Let's go. And the you fact know? that he tells Rast like, "Yo, yeah, you got to make sure that he gets back alive. If he doesn't, you don't." Oh, like I don't know, Lord Lord. Like, what's his first name? I know it's more Gior. Gior, Gior, yeah, Gior. Like he's he's just an underrated. I don't know. He's just cool. Like you know, he just has his stuff figured out. It seems. He's, yeah, he's one of those characters in the show where you're like, man, you know, I didn't really, 
pay attention to him the first time I watched this or even the second mm. time. But here on this rewatch, God damn, is he a cool guy? He just uh, he just gets not, it done. Not that big, yeah, not that big of a role. Nothing super great. I don't know. He gave John some some lessons. He gave him oh, yeah, long for sure. claw. Um, yeah, right. Long claw. Yeah, yeah indeed. So, yeah. So like, I don't know. Some. No. But yeah, I feel like I gave him. I wanted to give him a line because uh, I didn't feel like he ever uh, got kind of thing. I just I, I heard the line. I even texted you right when I heard it. And I'm like, oh, that's just I don't know. I I, I knew it was my line for the episode because I it's it's just that Game of Thrones humor. You know, it's like. That's not really funny. I forbid you to die. But how do you like, how do you tell someone you forbid them to die? Exactly. Like, like my reaction to, to that was I laughed. I literally just started laughing once I heard it because I'm like, right. that's just the funny. Like that's just I don't know. Like the Game of Thrones, it's not funny. It's not. That's the thing. I don't know. Game of Thrones humor isn't funny. It, but it's funny for the show. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. But I, I love the Game of Thrones humor. Um, I do love and I I do love how much they respect and kind of maybe not fear Gior, but like uh he he is their leader and they follow him as such you know like whenever Gior walks back there before he's even said a word sam pops up he gets back on his feet and he's like okay all right i guess i'll keep going whatever we need to do uh and then he gets forbidden to die and he's like okay and then i guess i'll be fine well, uh, i know yeah like i don't know i love love the beyond the wall stuff it's just so what, I guess they're they're just heading back to the wall now. So yes, they, yes, okay. they're heading back south. Okay, they're like, sense. well, we've seen we just, all we need to see. Let's we just go. Fought an army of zombies and holy fuck, let's go back home. Yeah, yeah that that'd be rough. But so a lot of them died though. I'd say you know he's oh so, yeah, and they frame it like that a little bit more in this episode than they did last episode. Um, it, like, that. it was just, yeah, they, I don't know. I didn't even really have the idea that they fought the white walkers really, you know, like really until we got to the podcast and you're like, yeah, well, you know, they defeated them and went on and you're talking about, it. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess they did do that. Like the, the, it would have had to, yeah. yeah. Like that's what had to have happened, but it would, just wasn't shown. So like, I, I just didn't hit, I don't know. Yeah, they were saving those, saving that budget. Uh, yeah, yeah were... that's, that's fair. Fair. Whenever you think of what would actually have to be filmed it we we get that eventually so it's like yeah. that would have been rough but like, yeah they're like saving it a little bit you know because we only see people fight the white walkers a couple times it's a uh, hard home and the battle of winterfell is the only time we really see it i mean uh the the series beyond the wall but that's not a giant battle that's five dudes versus the entire wildling or not wildling army uh the entire army a, of the dead a lot like, of wildlings uh, at that point though a lot so, of wildlings, a lot of dead wildlings because of hard it's home. Every, it's everyone. Uh, yeah. And like, he just, ah, man. Well, I suppose it would probably be exclusively wildlings. At that, at that point, it's pretty, yeah. At, because it's all north of the wall. Uh, I guess whichever, old the old-ass zombies that just, if they live forever, that'd be the only other non-wild? I take it that as long as you don't get stabbed by a dragon glass you or... Just, you just yeah. keep you just you keep thriving and surviving, you know what I'm saying? Hmm. But dead. <laughs> surviving and thriving, but dead. <laughs> <laughs> but that did conclude the story north of the wall, and we just head a tad bit south to the north, where Bran Stark is once again dreaming that he is walking and hunting in the woods. New new little dreamscape for him, and frankly, the way they kicked off the episode with this. 
Mm. It made me a little made me a little emotional right off the bat. Like this is a this is a good scene, and I forgot it even happened, and I was just like, ah man. You know, he sees the mysterious three-eyed raven again, and he aims the bow at it. And then we see the same perspective of John and Rob from the very first episode of the show, going giving him some nice lessons. And when he shoots and misses, they giggle. And then you hear from a voiceover, Ned Stark, and which of you was a marksman at 10? And I was like, <laughs> damn it. Uh, that, isn't that insane? That just in a little flashback. It's just... Guys, we don't even see him. That's it. Yep. Nope. Don't even see. Just whenever I saw just John, Rob, and Bran in the same shot, just together, they're there. I mean, not there. You know, obviously they're not actually there. But it's like, oh my god, that's already like that doesn't happen ever. All of no, them, yeah. Like I was like, this might be the last time we see that. And I'm like, this is already great. And then, and then I hear Ned's voice, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, you you didn't have to really go and do that, you know. So, so yeah, I was I was in the so same good. the same exact headspace. I was just like, ah, oh, so comfortable, you know. Well, there were just fell or I don't know. It's it's nice. And then, ah, oh. there were just a couple scenes throughout this episode where I got like a little emotional, and there was like no real like there was nothing truly sad happening on screen. I just like welled up, and I don't know why. I don't know if I was just in a in a in a vulnerable place last night, but this shit just like I was like, God damn, this shit is good. I, I don't know. We haven't gotten to Catelyn's story, you know. That was another one. Yet, yeah. But like the transition from her story back to John. Mm-hmm. It like she was like got through her whole month, which we'll get to because holy fuck. Yeah. Um so but then it like the the transition back to the you know, north of the wall, it shows John and it, it plays just, you know, like that I don't know if it's his theme necessarily, but it kind of is. It's like what it's a theme. Yeah, it's and ah, like that was another part where I was just like, oh my fucking god, like holy shit, this show's just so beautiful. So it's not necessarily like sad. I mean, it was sad what she was talking about, but I like I get you. It's it's the show's just that good that Mm -hmm. it gets you to become emotional. Well, and it's it's not just that. It's the the fact that we have sat with, at this point, we've sat with these characters for 21 hours. Dang. You know? Like, so, you, it doesn't matter if it's anything truly emotionally riveting. Just knowing the characters as well as we know them, knowing the way certain little things impact them. It, it, there's another one later on that I can't wait to talk about that just, like, was really cathartic and was just like, mm. oh, fucking fuck. Finally, you know, and we'll we'll get there. But uh, mm. nevertheless, uh, in in his vision, a uh, a stranger appears, and the boy tells Bran that he cannot shoot the Raven because the Raven is you. Mm. And then Bran like looks at the three eyed Raven, and then wakes up, and he's and you hear the Gah! and he like <laughs> the fucking the the Raven caw, and him waking up at the same time. It was perfect. Uh, Hodor's. Right had to get a couple Hodor's, and and so nice too. He's just come. Hodor, are you okay? You know, are you? Yeah. And then oh, it's okay. It's okay, Hodor. I'm alright. Hodor, Hodor and walk away. So <laughs> we got we got a worried Hodor and a nice. Ah, okay, everything's fine, Hodor. Uh, uh, so love the contexts within which the Hodor's occur. Oh yeah, it's just like Grogu. You know, he. You know, I have some of his quotes in in the Mando. You know, watch that we got going on. He's not actually saying that, but we know he's saying. He, mm. We know what he's saying. Hodor. Well, it's, uh, same thing. I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two yesterday, and Groot 
you know, the, I, I, there's there's this part at the end when Yondu has passed and he's like uh he's like I am Groot and Rocket he's like all sad and contemplative and he's like I am Groot and uh Rocket's like he did call you Twig you know like he's like yeah yep yeah like he's it's just the sad the Chewbacca Groot Hodor you know what is it about the characters that just can't talk fully that just Makes them all the more compelling because it, 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 I think it's because it simplifies their emotions and it makes them very easily you have accessible. To write on their emotion, you can't yeah. have it be told. Oh, okay, that's yeah, like you, you have to write it. Yeah, they feel things more clearly because they don't get to talk their way through them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, you know when Chewbacca is sad or upset or he doesn't want something to happen, and like uh, he doesn't get to go. Oh no. I don't like this, you know, like he, he, he has... you know, I, didn't, I didn't actually think of the purpose, you know, Hodor, he's there just to, to drag Brant, you know, they need a big guy, they need a big guy, whatever, but like for story wise, like it's actually just very easy, mm-hmm. like you, ha- it's, you can't be lazy with it if he's going to be on screen, kind of, you know, you have to, I guess not, it's not like he does anything. Oscar worthy, you know. I'm not trying to be like, oh yeah, he without Hodor, the show would absolutely just be terrible. It would crumble. It would actually in on itself. Actually, it would. You know, it wouldn't exist without Hodor, probably. But that's true. um, But I I don't know. Just I think it was. Yeah, I I keep like a running counter. Like literally, while I'm watching the show, I kept like my hand just at two every time. Like (laughs) like like Brand or was on screen just to be like, all right, I'm at two, and I keep I keep like I love the Hodor counter. um, gives me like a little activity to do uh, yeah. episodes. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. No, fuck yeah. But uh, yeah, Osha says they have uh, they have enough problems without dark dreams. And Bran, Rickon, Osha, Hodor, and the Dire Wolves continue to head north from Winterfell to the Wall. So you got the Night's Watchmen going south to the Wall. You got Bran heading north to the Wall, and they will not meet in the middle. Uh, but. Later on, the same boy from the dream approaches their camp in the woods unarmed. Uh, and, you know, I loved seeing Summer and Osha being, like, at the ready before that. Like, uh, and then Osha not saying a word and just kind of, like, scampering off into the woods like a fucking feral creature was very like, funny. Brand's like, yo, what's going on? Like, what's going on? Is anything out there? Like, Osha, talk to me. Like, what's go? You know, I guess she knows, like, Summer's there and he can... Yeah. In, you know, sort of thing. And I guess she has to stay quiet and be stealthy. Like, she could have just been like, stay quiet, little lord. Or I don't know, yeah. something, it's you know. Lord. But, um, I don't know. Oh, she's the I shit, love man. This, this, like, little back and forth that they had here. Like, oh. the, the upper hand, you know, having the upper hand, um, like, on the situation. Like, um, I love the, I mean, I'm just terrible with names, is the thing. Like, I, like, that's the thing. I, I guess. I just need to have like the wiki pulled up so I can just mm. have these characters' names in front the of me. The characters that approach here are Jojen, the young boy, Jojen Reed, and Mira. Mira Jojen Reed. and Mira. Jojen yes. and Mira. But yeah, Jojen. Um, for, it just reminds me of someone that went to our high school. For some reason, it's the only guy I can see. I Probably not. I don't know why. Uh, Nick? I, don't, I guess... It, Oh, it's weird to say people's last names like to just yeah maybe hit, maybe hit the hit the snapchat or the the discord yeah, chat real quick but like uh it's like the only thing i can see for some reason um and but anyways like i love how he's just you know he's pulling up um 
ah yeah all, yeah all, all confident like you know and and he's like yeah you know i don't i don't carry the weapons as osha has you know a spear against yeah. his neck you know and, and then my sister does that for me yeah, like I love just the OSHA was so confident, you know, like oh, it's that, wanna, it's that fucking wanna... meme where the dude's getting a gun pointed at the back of his head, and he's getting a gun pointed at the back of his head, and that person's getting a sniper pointed at them. Like it's like, yeah, just that, what, all that's happening here. What Mira doesn't know is that she thinks she has the upper hand on OSHA, and then yeah, Jojen has the upper hand on Summer as well. But Bran could actually be Warden Hodor right now. Yeah. Morgan Hodor and behind with like I don't know something at the ri- that's what I wanted fucking, you know something else giant like, hands was one yeah. more layer like another one like to go up even more um, right right I don't know I I just this is like it was because they this group sticks together for like a while a while right um, yeah like, like yeah like until, we, at least um still hold the door till right? hold yeah till they hold the door because that's like, that's the episode when children dies um yeah. so like and maybe they split up a little bit before then oh, i think it might just be all in that episode that well osha and rickon eventually split off that's uh, true before yeah. that they're not there for hold the door what's uh, up with rickon there was something rickon woke up right when bran woke up and they woke up looking at each other you know like i feel like they actually wanted to do something with rickon but man that just the child actor just couldn't do much so they were like well whatever because like when bran wakes up from his whatever it goes right to rickon rickon wakes up at the same time and they look at each other and then it and then like hodor comes up and i see i see i i simply took that as bran screams when he wakes up oh he did oh Uh, and it was just rickon actually being like yeah 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 yeah. That's way better. That's yeah. way better. Well, yeah. because like not only does because they mirror it very easily could have been taken as just the raven squawking into him waking up, but I'm pretty sure they overlaid the raven squawking with Bran yelling as he woke up, so it was kind of like they are one sort of okay. shit. Okay. Um I see. But yeah, I I don't know. I like but I don't know. Before, like even in in earlier like episodes, they've they've had this. Oh yeah, there's been this weird thing about. Yeah, yeah, like I don't know. Maybe he's he's just meant to get shot down by Ramsey. You know, maybe that's just his destiny. That had to happen so John would see it and give him the strength to carry through the battle of the bastards. You know, maybe maybe that's Rickon's destiny. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm. I'm I'm cool with that because I don't really care about him. Anyways, I I wish I didn't have to say that, but it's like they don't do much. No, in the yeah. show to really I mean, make if there's if there's on. any Stark child, you're like ah man, <laughs> it's him. You know, <laughs> or like god ah, damn, like you know, like you're just not gonna like if Sansa is the one running on the fucking battlefield and then she catches a sword or not a sword, an arrow through her back. I'm devastated. That fucks me up like very for a very long time. Uh, Rick on it's like ah no okay <laughs> oh no okay now I can move on whatever yeah, I, exactly like it's just I definitely didn't cry when Rick on died at and, that point in the show he's like already dead like what does he when does that that's Battle of the Bastards that's, that's like, the Battle of the Bastards that's yeah, the end that's, of season six yeah so like at that point in the show he's already be- pretty much dead Rick on at that point <laughs> dead, you know, dead, gone and buried in my mind <laughs> so but. 
Oh man. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, they all they all agree to get on the move together, and Jojen and Bran discuss his little wolf dreams. And Jojen explains that Bran himself is a warg. And Jojen says that it starts out as vivid dreams, seeing the world through his wolf's eyes. But with practice, he will be able to consciously enter the mind of his wolf and control its actions. And uh, Bran's like, uh, so do you, uh, just curious, can you see the future in your dreams? Is that a thing that you can do? Uh, and uh, Jojen's like, ah, I mean, it's, it's a, that's a little different ability. It's called the sight. Uh, it allows those who possess it to see events that haven't happened yet or events that happened long before they were born or events happening now, but thousands of miles away. And Jojen confirms that Bran's dream of his father, Ned, the day he died, was an example of the sight and that Jojen himself had a similar dream the same day. He says that, uh, you know, when he told his father, it was the only time he'd ever seen his dad cry. Uh, What did he mean by that? When he... Like, I was just a little confused. When he told, or when I, because he said, like, when I told my father, or, like, what was the, what did Jojen say? Yeah, like, when, I told Jojen my, when I told my father that your father so, had died. So, Jojen had a dream. I, I take it that Jojen knows and trusts his sight a lot more than Bran does. So, he had that dream and went, oh, Ned Stark's dead. Oh, and then he woke up and then actually told his father in real life. Yeah. Not in Yeah. Oh. Okay, this make that clear. I thought that his father was in the dream. Oh no, 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 no. He woke up like he came out of the vision and told his dad. Okay. This clears it up so much more. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, you're you're telling like, how the fuck did you in a dream tell your dad that Ned Stark died? And I'm like, why well, why would you say it in a it, and I was I was so lost. And I, because he, I don't know. Okay, this. Well, in the way the way that 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 goes, it implies that Howland Reed also knew that his son had the sight, you know, to oh. believe him. Oh yeah. Like okay. I had a dream, and Ned Ned wow. Stark was dead, you know, and Howland Reed's going to be like, "Oh shit, yeah, he is. I'm going to cry about this," you know, like that's. Okay. Like that's so that's I, a cool little aspect that, like, I wonder how this could have, like, the site and brand could have been handled differently if Ned or Catelyn knew about it and they helped, if they helped him with it and stuff like it, or they, they told him it was okay and they knew what it was or something. Like, it's interesting that Howlin' Reed would be like, oh, yeah, no, that, that definitely means Ned's dead. Because Osha, she, like, hates the Three-Eyed Raven and, she, like, this is black magic. Is it mm-hmm. just the Three-Eyed Raven or is it also warging and and the sight and stuff that's black mad you know i think it's just uh i think it's just the three-eyed raven i think that there's Cause like because the you know wall, all the things but... that we are concerned about at any given point where we go oh could brand be doing this that's what she's thinking and You're she's right. like it's really fucked up if he is uh that, okay that's uh yeah that's true because it because i had the thought is jojen brand <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like, is this Bran giving the sight, giving whatever to Jojen? You know, Jojen, it, whatever. But, like, is Bran making Jojen basically te- 
give him the lessons he needs to become the three eyed yeah, right, right. you know, like sort of thing. And it's like what the I, every time I start to think of it, I'm just like, I'm just gonna let the show run. Yeah. You no. know, this it time Cause, travel. Because you can work. go deep like that, but you can yeah. also just take it and at face it value and it's just fine. Yeah. yeah, and like well, we won't get the explanation. you know, like I won't know until the explanation is given and we won't get that explanation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's never going to be explained. Oh. Um but I don't know, I love like this is the part of the show like on rewatch that i'm just going to be really excited for not necessarily like theorizing or thinking of like whatever but just like picking up on the little extra details that i might have missed last time and been like oh that's really cool if it is this way you know right right Um, so i'm not i'm not going you know down some ultron or you know (laughs) lines or anything like that but but um I don't know. These scenes no, are it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, really, really fun. And I just add to the fantasy of the show, you know. And no, yeah, Bran is the only aspect of that show that I think you can really get that out of. I know we get a little bit out of it from Daenerys as far as the theorization of mm-hmm. it all goes, but uh, now all the theories about Daenerys are kind of like those are kind of set in stone. Like we know, we know what happens with Daenerys, you know, like there's no, but Bran, there's still so much mystery around him, even though we've seen the way the show goes. So it's like, uh, it's just, it, there's a lot to do there. And you know, what we're about to miss out on is like a full fucking season of, uh, Bran not being there. He's not in season four. At one episode? Never, never in season four. Is that why he comes back just looking way older? Yeah. And this, this season, was the first, first little jump. He's hitting uh, it right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, whenever he whenever he starts talking to Jojen, I was like, oh. You're getting the voice, the yeah. voice has dropped a little bit. Not a ton, but just a little bit. And uh he's definitely maturing in his face and stuff. And then they're like, Wow, you grew up way too much between seasons. Sit the fuck out for a whole season. We'll bring you back in in mm-hmm. season five to justify such an age jump. And I thought that brands when he comes back and he talks all three-eyed raven you know and his because it's not brand when he talks really anymore brand talked a different way the three-eyed raven has his voice you know mm-hmm. like when he's he's very like dull and whatever but that's how jojen like speaks whenever he's speaking to brand about that that sort of thing and that's the only mm-hmm. reason i'm like maybe brand like maybe brand is like trying to usher parting yeah a little bit because like he sounded jojen sounded like Brand, like that's what I, I was looking away from the screen, and I'm like, wait a minute, is that that's not Brand, that like this isn't season whatever right. when Brand's the three eyed raven. I'm like, oh, that's Jojen talking. I'm like, wait, a, well, that was kind of weird. So I don't know if maybe they, I don't know, Brand was maybe that's where where he got the inspiration to take the voice right. from, you know, right. sort of thing, like just the real world actor sort of thing. Doctor Manhattan head ass. Yes. I don't know. It was, I just was actually like while watching looking away and i'm like what the f-? I, I was just taken back Jarred. but uh yeah no i get you i get you but yeah jojen confirms that bran wasn't simply experiencing a vision of jojen in his earlier dream but that he literally reached out and made contact with his mind uh and that he also saw the three-eyed raven and stuff so he's like yeah that wasn't just a dream like i was there i told you told you what was happening like that was that happened. I was there, like a, like a dream date, mm-hmm. Inception type shit. Did he? Uh, did Jojen? So Jojen, he contacted Bran, or this was just like a yes. Jo- Jojen contacted oh, yeah, like, on purpose. He literally okay. reached out with his mind to contact Bran. This is some Jedi shit right here. It, it is. It is. But uh, 
all the while in the background, we get one of the more fun interactions of the episode between Mira and Osha. And, uh, cause I just love the way that this is building a trust between Mira and Osha because she has to be comfortable eventually leaving Bran with them. You know, like this is something that she mm. eventually is like, yeah, I can do that confidently and it'll be okay. Um, like that's, that's pretty cool. And this, this little interaction here where, uh, she's like, does your brother ever feel shitty about himself for having you protect him all the time? And she's like, no, why would that be fucking weird? And he's like, well, because a, a dude who needs his sister to protect him is going to find himself needing a lot of protecting. Uh, mm. and then Mira said, my favorite line of the episode, uh, some people will always need help. That doesn't mean they're not worth helping. Yeah, I, I heard, like, I heard that one, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I heard the the command Lord's commander's line, but this this is the true line of the episode here. Yeah. Like, I don't. It was just a beautiful moment, you know. You hmm. see, you know, as she's saying it, Brands, you know, Hodor is dragging Bran, yeah, you know, and it's like, well, look what you're doing here. You it know? was a, like, it was a wonderful piece of camera work, man. Oh. The way they like it because she says it. She's like, uh, she says the first sentence. About, like, you know, uh, some people will always need help, and then it pans back and it shows the two of them, Osha and Mira, walking behind Joj and Bran and Hodor, but that doesn't mean they're not worth helping. And I'm like, you know, you got this little group here that's like homies and stuff. I love it. My God. Like, that's, and that's, uh, we talked about this off mic, um, but I've been taking screenshots of every time we've had a new Mando episode, I've been taking some screenshots of the episode. um, And my mindset of there is, when I'm watching the episode, if it looks beautiful, I'll just hit the button because it looks good. Or if it just frames the characters that we know very well or they're looking at each other. I don't know, something like that where it's like the characters on screen framed well. That's when I take a screenshot. And for for an average Mando episode, I don't know, it's maybe 20, 30, possibly 40 screenshots, I would say, per episode. Yeah, Drew. I started it for this episode, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to start doing it for the Thrones rewatch because I, I like I like taking shots. I mean, first five ten minutes that like it is getting full. Like my like it's like oh my god, I have taken so many screenshots already. Like it, and it's it just makes sense. Like it the they are setting up the camera. They are shooting on location most of the time. In Game of Thrones, they like spend the money to make these sets. That like every time they set up a camera, they have to set up rails and camera crews. So much, just like so much went into just getting the camera in that position that they right. really had to think about it. And they're like, "Let's make sure we're doing this right." And it, they do. But in Mando, they're in the volume, and they can change any of that on the fly, or you know, it's they're on blues or wherever. So they're not really thinking about that as much. Um, and it just, it's insane how much, just more beautiful this show is than just an average show mm. that comes out like today on Disney Plus. Like, I'm not saying Mando's a, a shitty looking show. It, no. I take a lot of screenshots of it. It's just that every shot in this show is purposeful. That good. Like, it is purposeful and it is, very thoughtful. Yeah, I'd have to. I have to restrict my screenshotting rules, I guess, if I don't want to fill my computer up 
with basically right. every frame of Game of Thrones. Right. Um, is is what I'm what I'm trying to get to, but um, I don't know this. I, I stopped doing it about ten minutes in because it it was just getting to the point where it was as a much, much as the Mando um, stuff. Yeah, so it's funny, um, but um, no, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous episode. It's a great looking one, and uh, it only gets uh, it's it's visually good looking, uh, but you know a bit uh, horrific to watch. We are next at the Dreadfort. What we don't know yet is the Dreadfort, but we know now is the Dreadfort. Uh, Theon Greyjoy has been chained up Uh. in a dungeon after being knocked out before the sack of Winterfell. And men come in, some wearing ironborn clothing, and interrogate him. And when he asks what they want, one of his captors says he wants to do this. And starts prying his fingernails off with a knife. Uh... Later, they use a foot press to torture him, while also slowly turning a screw into his foot until it's bleeding freely. Nope. Re- repeatedly asking him why he captured Winterfell, but apparently not caring about the answer he gives. <laughs> uh, just, oh, this is just torture. There, there's yeah. no interrogation going on. There's nothing happening. And I love that Ramsay is such a sick, sick fuck. I did not that, remember that he did this at all. Yes, but oh, super my. fucking funny, super God. funny. Uh, but the fact that he is such a sadist, so sick and fucked up that he can't stand to not be in the room while this happens. Like he's got to, he's got to act like he's mopping. You know, he's got to act like he's clean and shit. He's like, because I just want to hear this man scream. What a fucking weirdo! You got nothing better to do than act like you're a servant. Like that's. C- c- I guess because I don't really remember the start. I didn't remember him as like a servant at first. I just remember him as full on Ramsey sort of yeah, thing right. when it went in my head. Um, so I was like, man, he's in the background right now. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, oh, wait, he's just he's just watching. He wants him. to watch right now. Yeah. And like he's actually getting a kick out of it. And then like he waits for everyone to leave. And that's when he makes, you know, his move sort of thing because he, he can't do it in front of everyone else. No. No, but but once everyone leaves, he can he can do his stuff. And I'm like, this man is just coming up with fun ways to torture people like that is so cruel. What like so fucked up to to, to, like to give Theon like just a glimmer of hope. You know, it's like like Theon has been through, you know, I got to I got to assume Ramsey like this is what he does because he knows he can't be in there for a long time. He knows he Mm -hmm. has to leave and come back, whatever. So at first he's going to give him a glimmer of hope and then absolutely come back to destroy it, you know. Like Yeah, yeah. No, so. yeah, cuz he, you know, a servant boy he walks over to Theon, unwinds the foot press and tells him, you know, I've been sent by Yara. And he's like, "Yara? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Get me out of here." And he's like, "I I must wait until nightfall when the castle sleeps. Uh so you're going to go back under the bag and I'm going to go ahead and come back later, okay? Bye, buddy." And uh Theon's like, no, please don't go. Yeah, Yeah, last night I watched this while Emily was doing some uh, coloring. She has a nice little coloring book that we like to we like to chip away at. Uh, And uh, I had to I had to mute it. Like whenever whenever it went to this part, I had to. She was like, I I can't. Yeah, I cannot listen to this. Would you mind turning it it down? And I was like. 
no doubt no doubt for sure for sure for sure cool 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 cool, cool. Yeah, i guess good on uh the what's what's i feel like i might alfie have, allen alfie allen yeah good on alfie allen here um you did a good job but yeah i, I guess it's just scream yeah you literally just scream at the top of your lungs you don't like just if you're in the worst pain imaginable scream as loud as you possibly can i guess that's probably the direction um yeah. so not not that complicated but but um not it's hard to pull off convincingly you know like you gotta you gotta really give yourself over to that. behind it yeah the yeah. You, anyone can scream loud but to actually have like the fear and the the actual the, pain yeah. like yeah. Mm. i It'd be not shocking to me if in, you know, 10 years there's a documentary made where Alfie Allen is pressing charges against HBO for the way they treated him on set during season three of Game of Thrones, Uh, because it's that convincing. It's that convincing that this guy's being tortured. I have no doubt they didn't actually do that, uh, by the way, just being over exaggeratory there. But uh, like, like that's that's how good they are at faking this. Like, it seems like. Oh, this guy's fingernails are getting cut off. Oh, oh. he has a fucking screw oh, through his foot. Uh, yeah, the fingernail stuff, that fucks me up. I can't do that. That's they, bad. They, they like, uh, closed in on it, too. They closed yeah, in on it. And, oh, yeah, and it's just, oh, yeah, no. I was I was eating Chex Mix while I was watching the episode, and okay. then I, I saw Theon, and I went, nope. I yeah, nope. It's away for now. Nope, not eating now. I went like, okay, not with these people. Yeah, man, they uh, they're brutal to Theon, but uh, that's that's all we get at the Dreadfort. It's a few scenes, but it's basically just torture. Um, and after that, we head to King's Landing, where King Joffrey is being fitted for new clothes in his chamber in preparation for his upcoming wedding with uh, Marjorie to Marjorie Tyrell. And his mother Cersei is like, uh, "Oh, you don't like that one? You should give it to Marjorie for her wedding dress. It's not much fabric, but that shouldn't be a problem for her." Yeah, that was. I don't know. She she gets her jabs in. Oh know? yeah, I almost I almost went Lena Headey once again for performance, just because she is so fucking good at being this. Uh, mm. like, it's not like it's anything. She's not far reaching, you know. It's not like she's like she has to dig deep into the bag, but she is so fucking good at playing this character. You like whenever tell. she sits there, when he t- when Joffrey turns around and is like, uh, basically like, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, that's what women do best is what they're told, you know, like, uh, and the way she like sits there with not looking at him, but like her eyebrows raised and her mouth kind of like twitching upward, like, mm, I could fuck you up right now. Oh, buddy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what she does perfectly. You yeah. know her, like, you know, without like many words that she doesn't have to speak at all, but you know that she's trying to like manipulate joffrey a Mm -hmm. little bit you know like and she's trying to get her game in there a little bit at the same time as like um just saying what she wants to say you know she hates marjorie right now a little Mm -hmm. you know and i I, that's i don't know like does like she i'd say she would agree with the marriage for the alliance you know Is, is cersei okay with the alliance does she just hate marjorie as like a you know what does she actually hate about marjorie she hates the idea that someone will manipulate her son that isn't her that's way better Uh, she's concerned that the tyrells will use joffrey to benefit them and not the lannisters okay uh yeah that that's so much more clear because i was trying to think like 
Like, I guess, you know, is she jealous, you know, of... I guess maybe that's what it was at the There's root, a degree, there's the a degree of that, you know, she's still, um, she's still young and doesn't have children. And yeah, I guess not jealous of, of just the looks or whatever. I, I was jealous of like maybe the hold that she would have, that Margaret yeah, would have yeah. over Joffrey. I just didn't quite get that. Because it's a hold, it. it's a hold that Cersei's never had. She didn't have that over Robert. She doesn't have it now over Joffrey. Like she's like, I've never. Mm-hmm she's never had what Marjorie has uh, or what she has the potential to do. Uh, not until, you know, she becomes queen herself. Um, but man, Joffrey, like really, if, if you're not on the full hate bandwagon by now, like, Oh, uh, if you're not on the full hate bandwagon by now, you might be a sick fuck. Yeah. And this, this just like really shows that he's tr- like, the lines that he says of like women, blah, 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 or this is why women, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you can tell that he's like trying to be his father. You know, Mm -hmm. he's like, he's like, this is what I know a good father to be good in Joffrey's eyes. You know, like this is what my dad told my mom. So I have to like say these things. I have to get good at saying these quippy women, fuck women jokes, you know, sort of thing. And, like, it's just so sad that, like, even the ones that he comes up, like, they're not even that good. Like, it's like, Cersei's just like, oh, well, all right, there it is again. You know, like, well, yep, there, there's Rob. You know, he's coming up again. There's there my little you are. boy, whatever. You know, she just, it's nothing. Like, it, you're not doing anything, you know? You're just, you just, I don't know. I just, it's, he gets my blood to boil, you know? Oh, it's, dude, it's sick. Like, at every, just the sight. It, it's so... I feel bad for the guy in real life. This cause... was actually this was actually the first, and not to say that the actor hasn't been good. He's clearly been very good at his job. He's a he does a very good job of playing a, a sick little fuck in Joffrey Baratheon. But uh, uh, Jack Gleason, this was the first time watching this this time around that I went. This is actually a pretty like impressive little performance because he's not being over the top like. I'm the king. You must listen to me. Oh, I'm a little bitch. Why? Why? He is very subtle about his choices in this one. Like the way that he's, he is affirmed in his own eyes that he is the king. He gets to do what he wants and he's not going to let anyone tell him otherwise. And he looks at Cersei and he's like the way that, you know, he tells the guy like, go get none of these, none of these, these all fucking suck. Get the Flowers? fuck out of here. Get me more. Flowers on the king? Yeah, right. Get out of here. Bring me something. I was really impressed. I was like, this this guy's pretty fucking good at what yeah. he does. Uh, Even the you know like Cersei coming up, like trying to talk to him, like no, like you actually like you need to focus. We need to do this, blah blah blah. And he's like, I don't need to do anything. Like I, I remember, like whenever that line was, you know, it's just it's a bitch. You know, I hate him for it, but it's like he does play it really. Like you, this scene was his best. Probably of the season so far, yeah. Um, without a doubt, like he he actually had to not just be a little bitch boy the whole time. He had to actually give yeah. something. Um, but man, I wonder how much like hate this dude got in real life. Jack Gleason, that's kind of nuts. Yeah, Jack Gleason. That's like a old music. Jackie Gleason, I guess, is a like old musician. Mm. Uh, like uh well, and there's a, a there's a couple actors in Hollywood who I uh, was like oh is he related to them at all because uh 
Brandon Gleason was in the Banshees of Inisherin and all sorts of other roles, but most recently the Banshees of Inisherin, and Dominal Gleason, who was uh, General Hux. Uh, no shit. That guy is Dominal Gleason is Brandon Gleason's son, and I was trying to see if Jack Gleason was in any way related to either of them, and maybe he is, but not in a brotherly and son sense. Uh, maybe a cousin. I don't know. Didn't look that okay. deep into it. I knew a uh, Jack Gleason uh, from, yeah, this dude was born in 1916, so maybe I know the grandpa, possibly. Mm. Um, a possibility. Um, but yeah, there's a Jackie. Like, maybe the, maybe this Joffrey is the grandson to maybe the Gleason I know, because Jack as well. He was like, that's Jack, Yeah, a couple of Jack Gleasons. That doesn't Jack, happen every day. But, uh, hmm. Yeah, I won't get the performance nod for the episode. Uh, but not quite. Yeah, good, good on him though. I, I, no, yeah, he did good, and we haven't we haven't yeah. shined enough light on him. I don't think like he's a he's give a very talented flowers. actor. Uh, give him his flowers because he would hate it. So I, I'm fine with giving him. Hey, flowers. there you go. Yeah, that's a bar. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah no, <laughs> he do, he does a really good job as Joffrey. He really makes me fucking hate his guts. So good on you, Jack. You did good here. Uh. But uh, next up, we see Shay dressing Sansa Stark in her chambers and warns Sansa about Littlefinger. And she points out that Baelish has offered to help Sansa for nothing in return, which probably means that he's after something. And Sansa's like, oh, he just loved my mother. <laughs> and Shay's like, yeah, well, I think he wants to fuck you. So be careful. Um, yeah. And, and Sansa's you, like, no, he's that wouldn't to... happen. He's mm-hmm. so much older than me. Yeah, like, that's not a thing right and shay's like yeah man yeah yeah that sucks doesn't it that's how the world works that's rough yeah and then oh they like i don't know it was sad to see like the realization on her face you know as it as Mm. it happened it's like oh man because you got it like sansa is and it was so it was so like naive and sweet too because uh he was. She says, like uh, Shay says to Sansa, like you know, men usually only want one thing from pretty young ladies, and she's like, that wouldn't happen. He doesn't love me. He doesn't I mean, have to, honey. Sorry. Sansa, you just what? Look at what happened to you, like when your father got. You know, like that wasn't love. What was about to happen to you? That was not love. Not even love. close. Like what? Do you, I guess nah. I I, I, uh, she's she's just sweet. Right she's not. Yeah, she's just young. Innocent. She's just yeah, young at this point. Ah, it's just sad. Yeah, it is sad. It is. It um. is. But uh, at this point, Sir Loras Tyrell arrives at the door and escorts Sansa to the gardens to meet with Marjorie and their grandmother. And uh, this is where we meet Lady Olena Tyrell, who deservedly gets my favorite character of the episode. She domin- oh yeah, for sure. Like I was, I was trying to spread the love, and I'm like, who else can I give it to? But like, there's not a character that dominates this episode other than her. Like, there is not a single other character introduction in this show so far that is as good as Olena Tyrell's. I don't think. Like, I, as I was watching this, I was like, holy shit! She just immediately gets in there and just chews the scenery up, like Diana Rigg dominates this i almost picked her for my performance as well uh oh yeah and i think i was trying to think of like uh i named some people or characters that were like a real world person kind of just plopped in game of thrones i'm like yeah. ron 
Um, bronze, Osha. kind of. Um, and then I think I said maybe um, Osha. Osha, and then Davos, maybe. I think was yeah, like the yeah, thing yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mentioned. But there's no clear. Like, this is actually a person kind of from today. Like, she, she is very... She's blunt. She doesn't observe any niceties. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this is not a person that lives... Well, I guess these people existed during that time. You just didn't hear about them because the history books were written by men. The wars were fought. You know, everything was just done by men. So, like, you just didn't hear of, you know, the women during this time, I guess. But, like, this is just the, the most real-world moral character that we have mm-hmm. like the, the it, let's let's have i don't know i can actually get behind the tyrells oh i fucking right now, love you know? like, lady olena tyrell man <laughs> and she I is guess, absolutely incredible before we jump into her real quick i just want to clarify something with loris real quick oh uh, yeah so he's escorting sansa there was mm-hmm. it just to make her feel good like yeah. to be escorted yes. by loris because like he walked away so fast you know, for one, he and like Sansa was like, I don't know if you remember the first time we met, but mm-hmm. but you you. He's you like, oh honey, gave me your oh, whatever, sweetie, like, gave me a rose, oh, honey. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, I did, and then like I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, it was just like it hit a little harder every time, and I'm like, oh man, he's really just he's just there to to make her feel good. And, oh yeah, like, because one hundred percent, like I got he is that dude. He's one of like the most decorated swordsman there is and know? he's beautiful that's a beautiful yeah. man yeah and so like it makes sense that sansa would be like wait head what? over heels he walks yeah, away like, and she like watches him walk away marjorie has to like pull her to like yeah. uh like but that's, like that's that's what's funny too yeah it's throwaway stuff like it doesn't that like the loris whatever like i don't really care about that but it's it just shows how good the the tarleys are or tarley tyrells, tyrells. are of their cra- like this is their manipulating game. This is their game. Uh, They know what they're doing. Yeah, they Um, wanted to make her comfortable. They figured, let's send the boy who she is almost certainly in love with. uh, Has to be. Has to be. He's Loris Tyrell, you know. Uh, But I love, I love that he's like uh, him giving her his rose was like nothing because he did that so much. Like he, like every time you win a a joust or a tournament anytime you win at all you give your what your blessing or like what is it what is it called your your favor favor yeah it's like anytime you win right you or is it before you go it's i think it's before it's before the tournament starts like you choose someone to do this for yeah but also it doesn't matter who he gives it to he doesn't he has to give it to a woman in the public eye he's not attracted to women Oh, it yeah, doesn't wait, matter uh, to him. Oh, yeah, that's why he threw it off as like. Yeah, that's what. That's why he's like, "Oh yeah, I did do that." Like, like oh, whenever she's like, "Do you remember?" He's like, "Oh, honey, oh, sweetie." Oh my god, I, I'm so blind. For some reason, I'm just like, he's done. Like, he has just done this so many times that. He's and I'm just, sure he has, but it's definitely one hundred percent. He doesn't give a fuck who he gives the flower to no. in the place. He's no. like. Well, damn, I have to. All right, well, let me pick some girl out here. Like, all right, well, sure, there you go. Like, there you that's, go. That's, that's probably the thought process that goes into yeah. it every time he does. It's like, oh, man, I can't. I'm, I am blind this episode. Right. I, no, like, he, wow. yeah, he's just like, he's like, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, sure, that happened, I guess, but 
My, the love of my life got killed by a shadow beast, so I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of fucked right now. Um, but nevertheless, uh, after this, Lady Olena presents herself to Sansa. Well, Marjorie presents Lady Olena to Sansa, and very quickly do we realize that Olena is very intelligent, very cunning, and not afraid to speak her mind. Ashley bluntly says that her son Mace was a fool for supporting Renly Baratheon's claim to the throne. It didn't make any sense. Uh, there were two people who had a better claim than him, and he thought that because he had a pretty smile and could do could do things differently, that it made him deserving to be king. Uh, he's a fucking idiot. And now Talk he's dead. about how for the first two seasons, that's all we've been. That's that's what the show was, and she explained it in less than thirty seconds in the most basic right. terms, and she yep. she understood like. Clear, like I was like, oh my god, like we've been, I've been thinking of this as like the most complex interworking of, you know, fight, you know, all these right. fighting and like, oh, it's all these different uh, philosophies going up against each other, and then she's like, well, yeah, honestly, this is all just stupid from the start. We shouldn't have even got involved. And it's like, oh well, yeah, you're actually right. Like you're a hundred percent right. I was it, like, it's just because the line I almost went with was. Like, well, now that the cream's out of, you know, you can't really yeah. shove the cream back up with, into the udder of the cow, you know, however she said it. Yeah. Um, but she, well, and just... the, it kind of defines the way she handles everything because she is the, she's the playmaker in the Terrell family, you know. Uh, she oh, doesn't yeah. get to make the final decisions, which is why they're here in the first place. But once they get dealt the, whatever hand they get dealt because Mace Terrell decided to do something, she gets to clean up the mess. She gets yeah. to figure the way out of it. Uh, she gets and, to say, I told you so. Now let me help you through yeah. this and hopefully out of it. You're yeah. exactly. She's such exactly. a badass. Yeah, she's just, uh, <laughs> oh, I love it too. Cause, uh, this is, this is one of those scenes earlier that I said, like, kind of got me to tear up earlier because it was just like fucking finally, you know, whenever they tell Sansa, like, sit down, like, let's talk about it. Tell us about Joffrey and the way that she, like, looks around and, like, tears start welling in her eyes. And she's like, he is a great king. He's a very brave lion. And Marjorie's like, look at her. She's fucking horrified. And, and Marjorie and uh, Lady Olena's like, it's okay. You can tell us. Like, we're not going to do anything. We're, we got you. You're okay. And she All warns. Women around here. The only... Yep. The only men that were in there, the servants. Yep. That whole scene. I was, I was, you know, because I, I was thinking about taking. You know, I think it was maybe no, maybe not. I don't know if I was taking screenshots of this. Probably not at this point. But uh, but oh, it was just so be like whenever before they walked into the little place where they had their sit down chat, and it was like in that courtyard first. Mm. Um, and it was just all the people talking, like all the women, just like, it was like, like, wow, like just was such a happy moment in the show. Mm -hmm. Like you seeing people just sitting down and I don't know, actually like they're, I don't know, very high up in exploiting the wealth and everything that I can, I can pick into the wrongs that they're doing, whatever. Oh yeah. But no, like, yeah, it's, I don't know. It was nice just to, to see. Normal people having a normal time, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know, the flowers everywhere, you mm. know, after Joffrey just gets done, Scott, you know, being like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. And then, you know, just seeing just green everywhere and people just eating, just, I don't know, it was, it was, they set her up 
so wonderfully. Like yeah, yeah. so wonderful. And like the lemon squares bringing them in. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Like e- like every little. They will be served after the. They will be served after the cakes, madam. Uh, no, they won't. I will decide when they get served. You better bring that shit to me. Running. What did you just say to me? Like yeah, yeah I was like, hey, hello. <laughs> Do you? Dude, know I what? loved it. I loved this scene. It, it actually. Uh, I was debating which way to split everything up and what scene I should give, what performance I should give, what character I should give. And I ended up settling on character Olena, performance uh, Sophie Turner as Sansa uh, because she did so fucking good in this episode. And this scene specifically is mm. what earned her that nod for me. Yeah. No, she definitely, definitely deserves it here. I'm glad. It's... You're you were right at the beginning of this episode saying it's it's hard to pick favorites now because at, like there are so many good things that are happening now, so many good performances, so many characters mm. that are getting like the light that they you know that they need, um and like seeing I'm like man I'm like holy shit like how I don't know it was it was tough to pick favorites here, um but I guess the only one of mine so far is yeah character it was without a doubt, um. Elena Tart. Like Elena? Olena? Olena, yeah. Olena. Um Olena. I'm getting uh, this season it's like names once I get them in the rewatch and they've been in for like two episodes, they're like down now. Right, um, right. Which is good. At, at least I don't know. I get it's it very in my front brain right now, so I guess that makes sense. But um Bono, she yeah, she took the this episode by storm. Like it was there was no one else that was gonna get the, the character nod. Um, other than her, but yeah, I still, I saved my, my performance and, and scene, uh, more for just to spread the love a little more, uh, for the episode, but Mm. I don't know this Sophie Turner or, um, who's the actor for, let's see, who plays Elena Tyrell. Olena, Diana Rigg, Diana Rigg, yeah, Diana Rigg, yeah, just just passed um, a few years back. Oh man, but yeah, like like could have gotten the performance nod. Sophie Turner, mm. definitely she did for you, which I'm glad that she's getting. Yeah, um, she was fan- and, she was just fantastic. Yeah, so this show is like everyone is they are hitting their stride or they're coming in with with a vengeance. Mm. Um, so yeah, but I don't know I. I feel like we, a lot of times, what's going to happen, I feel like, is your scene will probably be, like, my performance, and my performance yeah. will be, you know, I, I feel like that's that's going to happen, I don't know, sometimes, but, um, but we'll, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll get there eventually, I don't want to. Nah, yeah, we, we well, will. No, it's, uh, it's just damn good, man. It's just, it's just really fucking good, and I've really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed this scene, specifically, Sansa was fucking incredible. Uh, and I, I had a tough time not giving it my scene, but I think I'm, uh, I think I'm happy with where I ended up taking it later on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the way that she breaks down and is like, uh, you know, Joffrey did that. You know, he, he showed me my, he showed me my father's head on a spike and made me look. He said that was mercy. And, and then she's like, hi, hi, Dan. I should have said that. I said too much. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I like and, his grace, like, I'm yeah. stuttering at all. Like, oh, like, oh my God. And like, you already said, like, why are you, like, it's so sad. Like, you're, you're trying to backpedal still. And it's like, no, like, Sansa just, it's okay, you know, just. Yeah. Well, know. and then she's like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said yeah. anything. Please, please don't cancel the wedding. Like, 
do not cancel the wedding because then I'm fucked again. Please don't do it. Please. That was sad. Uh, yeah. And then they're like, oh, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, her dad's a bit too much of an asshole. And I love the way that Marjorie and Olena handle this situation, too. Like the fact that they're like, yeah, well, that confirms everything we suspected. Um, they're like, yeah, we knew all this pretty much coming in. The wedding's still on because we want the power. We don't give yeah. a fuck about Joffrey. Oh, yeah. You know? Mace is intent on making Marjorie queen. And uh, I just love the way that they're both like, confident they can handle the situation because marjorie is she takes after her grandma big mm-hmm. time oh you yeah. know uh oh yeah yeah this is pretty the, incredible the incredible casting too in natalie dortmer and uh diana rig because if you look at like Dan- diana rig was a movie star for years like 50s 60s seven like she was a big 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 deal oh, back wow. in the day um she looks a lot like Natalie Dormer. Like it's it's kind of jarring how Whoa. much she does. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's kind of weird. Yeah, it's it's incredible casting. But uh, yeah, this show has a way of doing that, though. Oh yeah, they're really they, good. They're really good at it. They're really good at it. Uh, but next up, that that brings us to Shay, mm. who has snuck into Tyrion Lannister's new chambers, and he warns. That his father, you know, would like nothing more but to kill her, and uh, he need she needs to steer clear because this this just can't keep happening, man. You gotta you gotta be careful around here. And undeterred, Shay starts undressing Tyrion and is like, "Oh, am I still cruel? My cruel?" I was like, "Yo," it was like, it was like super super hot. <laughs> whenever whenever she like grabbed his face, it was like, "Oh, Shay's so cruel." Oh, she's so terrible. I was like, yo, that's wow. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> then, then they, uh, they Man. keep going and she's like, Oh, am I still cruel? And he's like, only if you stop. I was like, I, I was close to picking that as my favorite line because I was like, yeah, for real. Yeah, for real. Uh, I don't know what to, I don't know what to think of, of like this because they they were just going back and forth so much here, you know, and they're, they're like, it seemed that they were mad, but then they were not. And yeah. Then, and then they were, you know, it was just kind of going back. And it's forth. not I think, healthy. I think that's the, the whole point yeah. of it. It's just like, that's just relationship. That's just how, how like, how it go. I don't know. Like, like the line, I don't know. He was like, whenever Roz was brought up. Yeah. It's like, uh, you fucked her. And then he was like, no, no, yeah, no, nope. Duh, okay, no, I didn't. He's like, once. I want no, okay, all right, whatever. He's like, but now I only have eyes for you. But then he had to get in that one last jab of like, um, I don't know. He had like a, a last jab after he, you know, trying to make it back up. And um, oh yeah, um, but now you know, obviously you're the one I I want because, or else it would be her here torturing me or something like that right. is what he said. Um, so I was like. Oh no, it was cute, but then it was like, oh no, don't say that. And then it was like, oh, back to you know, cute. Like, oh, cute oh yeah, stuff. it's real back and forth. Um, they have a, <laughs> they have they have a weird thing going on. And uh, he's like, she, I love the way that she's like, yeah, Littlefinger's friend told me he's like, Littlefinger doesn't have friends. And then she's like, the redhead, oh Roz, and and, and she's like, yeah, huh. Roz? Wait, how, how Curious. are you so fast? Oh yeah, I just I have to know everyone. That's my thing, uh, babe. I need to know everyone. I know things. I'm Tyrion Lannister. Um, 
But yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I don't know. They're they're cute. Uh, for now, it's just it, it is just the weird taste in my mouth, just knowing where it goes. Mm-hmm. Like that's that that's the only thing is. No, I get that. Like I, I'll I don't know. I'll like it for now. You know, I'll, I'll, it's a rewatch. I can I know what's gonna happen. I'll I'll be happy while I have it. So moving forward, I'm maybe not gonna look into their stuff as as closely. Um, I'll just let them let them be. Um, be happy for right now. Sorry, my mom is texting me about something she'll be needing from me today, so we might have no to problem. fuck with the uh, fuck with some of the scheduling today. Nevertheless, uh, no, yeah, that was a great scene, and like Peter Dinklage continues to bring it. Uh, just just an incredible another another guy who just has the character down. Like, because uh, I think that's that's the only scene with Tyrion in this episode, right? And that's I that's it. So. Yeah, yeah. Like that was that was real good. Was, there's also this really um sad shot uh framing that mirrors something later on when Tyrion enters the room and Shay like turns over on the bed and goes, My lion. Ooh. It's exactly the framing of whenever she tries Ooh. to say that to uh his dad later on. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Ooh, no 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 Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, uh. But and see, that's why the bad taste. You know, that's maybe why. Yeah. You know, maybe it, no. It one hundred percent is. That, it yeah. it's uh. Yeah. It always it always makes me. Always makes me annoyed. You know. Uh, yeah. Terry makes it's, it out though. He 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 makes it all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. Uh, but nevertheless, we push forth with Marjorie being summoned to Joffrey's chambers to see if she needs anything before he leaves on a hunting trip. And while Joffrey has previously been easy for Marjorie to manipulate, Cersei was apparently able to plant a little bit of doubt in his mind. Uh, and the fact that Marjorie was married to his uncle Renly and thus already had sex with another man who Cersei described as a traitor and known degenerate. And, and when questioned, Marjorie was like, I only did what I was told to do. And he's like, yeah, that's what I like. Uh, and uh... <laughs> uh, man, it's it's it, I, I don't know because Marjorie she plays her game very well, but I don't think she expected it to go like this off the bat. You know, no. like because she was very taken off guard. She was like, "Oh wait," because like, Joffrey's like, "Well, you failed him. How did you, how did you fail to bring heirs if that was your only job? You know, what why you why are well, you that's what makes you? that's what makes Joffrey an inst- interesting character to try and manipulate because what she real the way she like learns on the spot yes, here, it was very hard. Like I, I almost yeah. went with Marjorie again for my character because she yeah. was so damn good here because it's not just sex. That's going to manipulate Joffrey because he's too sick for that. You it's know, the fantasy that she's built. Like she is like building this fantasy of her in him. Like, right. Like every step of the way, like, yeah, do you think I could kill? Yeah, like, do you, would you like to see me? Would, you know, and like, every time, like, every time Joffrey would have like a snark or like a come, like a comeback or something to Sansa, Sansa would either just take it and be like, yeah, you're right, you know, your grace, what, a, you know, and, and play it off. But, but Marjorie is like, oh, 
no, you're right. I am wrong. Um, and yeah. I do see it clearly now. You're right. Yeah. You know, like, She's and it's fucking like, oh brilliant yeah. at the game, dude. And the way that normally, the way that this would go down in sort of the seduction, you know, she'd, she'd put the hand on the thigh and kind of run, run up like that. But she does, she puts her hand on the fucking crossbow. And it's like, that's a fucking brilliant choice, you know, to go like, that's basic. Like he is flaunting that as though it is his penis. That, that is, that is the symbol of his masculinity is this crossbow, you know, like, uh, that's yeah. what she needs to to get in with him. And he, that's when he starts being interested is whenever she does put her hand on the crossbow and kind of like r- rub the string and stuff. He's like, oh, man, that's uh, well, that's you interesting show me how it works. And he's like, oh, fuck, yeah, let's uh, do this shit. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a crazy shot with it. Not going to lie. Um, uh, I mean, dude, dude was accurate from the hip. You know, he wasn't even was really pretty impressive. That was know, pretty we- impressive. Respect. Uh, not too Dang. much respect. Still, massive amounts of disrespect. But this was cool. Um, mostly still disrespect. Most, mostly still just disrespect. Yeah, I'll give you but an. Ounce. I will admit, you shot that crossbow straight through that hog's eyes, and that was impressive. Well, it was pretty badass. Like Marjorie had to have been like, "All right, oh, no, that's kind of cool." Uh, <laughs> and uh, I love the way that he, you know, she's like, "Can I? Can I try?" And he gives it to her, and. She's like, can you take me on a hunt? And, she, you know, just like she knows exactly how to get in with this man. And she is so damn good at it, dude. Uh, oh, yeah, she's she is in now. Like after them standing in the mirror, you know, like seeing like he I don't know. That's in Joffrey's mind. He's like, where have you been my whole life? This is right. like because. Th- he only wants to like the only things he's told women before is like you don't know what you're talking about shut up you're wrong i'm right but now it's like oh my god finally someone who just understands and does what i want you know like in joffrey's mind that's what he's thinking but marjorie the whole time is just like i she like she has to know like while it's going on like damn i'm good like she has to just be saying that in the back of her mind like Damn, I'm good. You know, like, I'm fucking is, good at this. This is yeah. going perfectly. Like I, I could not have, like started a little rough, and I didn't quite expect it to go that that bad initially. But man, it could not be going better. Yeah, um, right, right. <laughs> now, yeah, that was it. Was an incredible, incredible time in King's Landing. They did a they did a great job with all those scenes, and it kind of kind of dominated the episode for me um, as far as the performances of it all is concerned, performance and character, but. We're still yet to get my scene, and that's leaves us with one location left, and we are headed to the Riverlands, where Rob Stark is settling into the council chamber at Heron Hall with his wife, Queen Talisa, when Roos Bolton interrupts them with a message from uh, Ravens. Two messages from Ravens. Uh, each of which, he's like, which one's the good news, which one's the bad news? Bad news, bad news, buddy. There is nothing good going on right now. Yep. And uh, first off, Rob... Sorry. Hoster Tully has passed after a long illness at his castle of River Run. And uh, he's like, ah, fucking A. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll have to tell my mom about that. And uh, secondly, Ramsey took over, took over Winterfell, ran the Ironborn out, but by the time they got there, the Ironborn were gone, and they'd torch Winterfell. 
How much do we believe that the Ironborn did that before they left? That they torched Winterfell? Yeah. I'd be more inclined to believe that Ramsay did that. Mm. Because is it? Because when do we see Winterfell next? Because they did, I mean, they burnt, like, did, not, yeah. I mean, do, do, they ha- do, do they speak of rebuilding it? Like, is it burnt down? Like, actually? It's not burnt to the ground or anything, no. But they uh, they set it on fire, and there's, uh, because it's a bunch of stone, you know? They can't burn stone yeah. down. But, uh, so, I, hmm, I thought, because I thought that they were trying to refer to that as, like, the two young bodies that they burned and hoisted up for everyone to see. Thinking no, like, it... you remember at the beginning in the fucking credits, the way Winterfell is, like, smoking? Like, oh, they that's burnt, true. They burnt that shit. So they it burnt is... that shit. Actually? Okay. Oh, now I see. How much... Do you think Bolton's... Is he already conspiring? Like, is oh, that yeah. Oh, like, yeah. For sure. And the... So you think, like, he was like, oh, no one's there. Torch it? Or yeah. Ramsey made the decision on his own. There's a distinct possibility Ramsey decided to do that on his own because he's a sadistic fuck. Uh, I could see both. Yeah, I could actually. But there's there's benefit yeah. in framing the Ironborn against them and giving the benefit of the doubt to Ramsey in this moment and the Boltons. Mm. You know, like there's just a... Splitting up forces even more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, okay, I see now. Yeah, that's... Hmm. Man, but yeah, that's... he has to. Unfortunately, Rob has to tell his mom. You know, Bran and Rickon have not been found. They could be alive. They could have escaped, uh, and that'd be really, really cool. But the silence in the air tells us uh, they both think that their children are dead. Um, moreover, there has been no word of Theon, and if he took the boys captive, the Greyjoys haven't sent any demands. And uh, this double blow reduces Catelyn to tears. She's like, "Well, that's it for me." Uh, I hadn't seen my dad in years. Uh, man, Brandon Rickon might be dead. I'm having a tough time here. This mm. is bad for me. I'm not good. And, uh, Rob decides to leave Roos in command of Heron Hall with a detachment of Northern Army, uh, with a detachment of the garrison while Rob leads his main host back across the Riverlands to River Run. And Rickard Karstark is like, well, this is a massive waste of time. This is fucking idiotic. This is super dumb. Uh, and Rob, dude, dude, oh, that's my that's my grandpa you're talking about, exactly. man. You know, I don't know. We gotta we gotta do some some. And I know he's he's speaking his mind, you know. And then he he even asked, "Can I speak my mind?" You know, it's, you know, I know they're getting a little a little heated, but he you, tells it how it is, though. Like, you lost the war the moment you married her. In the Stark size, like that's all of his forces. That's. I don't agree with it, but it is true to a sense of, like, if there is one decision that you can pin on Rob, you know, it, it, he hmm. probably loses anyways because of the numbers and the odds and there's but nothing good probably here. probably still happens anyways, um, even right. if he, you know, still goes and marries the Frey daughter. Like, it's probably still going to happen. And we've already talked about that. So it's like, is it really... This marriage that killed him, like, no, but it is what turned his own forces against him, you Mm. know, and started to have people 
not believe in the cause anymore because that's exactly that, that's what rob rob's talking to have like, you lost faith in the cause he's like i still believe in revenge yeah and i feel like we've shifted focus from that you know dang yeah it's uh it's just sad to see like this is the start of the of the fall, the fall. you yeah. know it's ah uh, it's just sad to see uh but but alas uh, I love the little transition from Karstark saying, like, uh, you lost the day you married her, and then it shows Talisa approaching Catelyn. And thus begins my favorite scene of the episode. Uh, Catelyn making a prayer wheel for the faith of the seven, and offer, and Talisa offers to help. And Catelyn goes, nope, you can't. And Talisa's like, I am so sorry. I'm going to go ahead and get the fuck away. Sorry. I, 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 I'm so sorry. Uh, and she's like, no, you uh, you can't help. You can tell she's like, I really don't want to do this, but you know what? You mean well, and I see that, but uh, okay. Uh, you can't help because only a mother can make it for her children. That's that is the only reason you can't help. And can and you know, Talisa keeps asking questions. She keeps presenting interest, and Catelyn continues to seem annoyed, but politely responding in kind. Which I was like, it was just a really. It's fantastically performed sequence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, that's why I gave Michelle fa- fairly? fairly. Yeah, fairly. Michelle fairly, the, the performance here, mainly because, like, I like the scene mm-hmm. a lot. Like, it was just, I was debating on whether giving this my scene or the people who are in my scene the performance, but I'm like, no, the people who are in my scene don't deserve a performance nod. Right, right. Michelle fairly, like, Dude, she is incredible. She, whenever, yeah, whenever she heard the news of her children possibly being dead mm-hmm. and her, you know, her father being right, it's her dad. Yes, right? it's yeah, her father. So, yeah. So yeah, so I mean, she took that news, and it's like you know, sad to see someone take that, you know, whatever. But like that was great, and then this scene, especially, this scene was, is this different. Scene. Yeah, like um, this scene is where she gets the performance. You know, yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, whenever she reveals that she's only made them twice before. One of which was when uh, she was praying for Brand awake from his coma, which worked after a fashion. He did survive, though he lost the use of his legs. And Talisa asks of the other time. And Catelyn says that when they were younger, one of the boys had pox. And Maester Lewin said that if he survived the night, he would be all right, but that it would be a long night. Uh, you know, uh, she says that she she waited by his crib all night, listening to his cries and his terrible... The terrible, terrible time this child was having. And uh, Talisa asks which boy that was, and she reveals it was Jon Snow. She says that the first, first the thought that Jon would conveniently die of natural causes made her inwardly pray for the seven, pray to the seven for his end. However, Catelyn then became horrified at herself for thinking such a thing, particularly as Jon was an innocent child. the person Catelyn really hated was John's identified mother, a woman John didn't even know. So she made a prayer wheel and stayed up with him all night, praying to the gods that if they forgave her earlier wish that John would die, she promised she would urge Ned to have John legitimized as a Stark and she would raise him as her own son. She says John recovered. However, I couldn't do it. I was like, yo. All of the, and then that, the next line, that was the, I was so fucking close to picking that as the line. All that has happened, all that my family has lost, everything can be traced back to the fact that I couldn't love a motherless child. And I was like, 
Boom. I'm I'm crying at this point, and dude. Like, I, it's already there. You like you're there in the scene, just her saying it. But then when it shows John on the screen, that second after, and then you just you're just like, oh fuck. I, like I, that's I don't know. I was I this I was the reason I was debating on picking up my scene is because like just the scene itself was so good and her monologue. I don't know if you want like. But yeah, right. it kind of is a monologue, and then but just like that transition to John, like just it, it's it just it's what the show does constantly. Every most transitions are that way. Like hmm. every time you're going into it, it's it's not like you're just popping up in a random place in Westeros and you're like checking in with someone. It's it's usually like oh, this character just ref, you know in King's Landing referred to someone in the Riverlands, and now we're going to go to the Riverlands, and then at the end of the Riverlands they refer to someone at the you know John, and then we go to John, or like you know so so it's they connect it in a way that's just so beautiful. Um, but I think um, I don't know Michelle Fairley just encapsulates that kind of for me, like in total for the scene. So that's why I just kind of limit it to just the performance nod but man i don't know it's mm. probably the strongest part of the episode for me um, oh like it was just so beautiful. it was so yeah. good yeah it was so good uh yeah she's uh you know she says that cat catlin says you know because of everything because of all of this the gods are punishing me mm. for my misconduct so She's like, I can only blame myself. God, yeah, it's man. It's just, I don't know. It was brutal. Like, I, I remember, I remember this scene a little bit. I just didn't remember. It didn't ever hit me this hard before for some reason. Yeah, right. Right. Um, well, there's just man. this layer to it now where we know his true parentage. We know we've keyed in on the way she's treated John a lot more through this week by week rewatch mm. it's just like it's it's a heavy heavy scene because we care about every character more than i i've i care about every character more That's than for you know uh yeah but nevertheless not too far away in the riverlands Arya, gendry and hot pie are heading north from Hall, planning to eventually reach the red fork of the trident river and then follow west to her grandfather's castle seat at river run and off screen, Arya explained to the boys how Jokinagar helped them escape because he offered that he would kill any three people she named. And Gendry's like, you fucking moron. You could have killed any three fucking people. You could have said King Joffrey or Tywin Lannister and ended the entire war. And Arya's like, apparently I couldn't have. Sorry, I tried. Um, Got you out of Hall though. You're welcome. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and... uh she says, as as the uh, as they advance in the forest, they run into a scouting party of the Brotherhood without banners, a group of outlaws le led by Thoros Amir, and uh, they recognize them as the group the Lannisters, the Lannister torturers were asking about at Harrenhal. And Thoros seems friendly, and they make the children come with them, and they later give them food. I loved all of that. The fucking mm. arrow to the sky, the you know, <laughs> and I'm done. But your friends over here, I love Thoros Amir. Incredible character. Mm, yeah, the Brotherhood was was pretty cool. And like the just their whole thing too is like um this you know, the whole Seven Kingdoms is in this rally whatever for the five kings and they're all doing whatever, fighting for 
blah blah but we're here just to we're here for the people you know they were like the people the the freedom fighters i guess mm. um no no it was just yeah. it's it's cool to see all the different groups you know that that spring up um through the war or in, in the, it's just the world building that you know you can have just it's too a good group, yeah uh, a group like this but um i don't know yeah, I, but they, I, uh, I they take them is is this I, i'm just trying to i don't know if my i'm very lost. Is this where the fire sword resurre- resurrection guy starts from? Yes. Like in here. Yes. Okay. Okay. Or cool. this is the guy who resurrects him. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I just I, I didn't know if I was mixing two groups together. And we've also already heard of Thoros of Mir multiple times throughout this watch because it keeps there's this uh whenever the Iron Islands rebelled. Uh. At the Siege of Pike, Thoros of Mir led the charge through with his flaming sword. And we've heard about it from, like, Ned and Jorah and all these different people because it was, like, this legendary action. And then we meet Thoros of Mir, who just seems like a kooky old fuck, you know? And it's like... Okay. I, I, lo- I love shit like that. It's 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 just really funny. But they they take the kids to the local inn, give them some food and drink, and Gendry says he used to work as a smith in King's Landing for Tobo Ma, and Thoros is like, ha-ha! He was a fucking dick. He charged double what every other smith did, and Gendry's like, it's because he was doubly as good. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Arya insists that she knows how to use a sword despite Thoros' disbelief. You know, her brothers taught her, uh, but when she tries to mock Fence, he quickly disarms her, and he turns around and says, to your brothers! I was like, oh, man. But yeah, uh, She's learning. She's learning. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's, if in a fight, she can do well and defend herself, but she's learning the 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 brutality of the world. You know, it's not mm. a fair fight out there. It's not you're not dancing, you know, in a castle anymore. Nah. Um. So she, it's very valuable lessons she's learning. Um. But for show, for show. But when uh when they finish up with that, other brothers of the member, other brothers of the Brotherhood return to the end with a captive, Sandor Clegane. Oh. A hound. And as Thoros trades insults with Sandor, Arya tries to leave quietly. Uh, but the hound stops her. Girl! And he looks at Thoros and Mir, he goes, What in the seven hells are you doing with the stock, bitch? And uh, they look over at her, and Arya's like, God damn it. Of all the people, to be able to recognize her immediately, Sandor Clegane, the hound. I yep. love it. And how how they captured the hound? Who the fuck knows? I don't, know, I don't knows. But I I just this is is this like the start of them? Like this is because I'm trying to think of because they go I don't know they're together for no <laughs> that's is it Arya and the hound together yeah, for a yeah. while? Yeah, they're like they're homies for like a whole season. Yeah. This yeah. season is it this is it just one season? I feel, uh, I feel like it wasn't season and into season long. four a little bit okay, because so it it's bit whenever long. whenever she splits off from the Hound is when she heads across the narrow sea to Bravos. Okay, um, so it is for a little bit then. It's for a couple seasons because okay. uh, the way that I always remember it is because he tries to take her to the Frey wedding, oh. and they see the red wedding happen, but don't. Get killed right. because yeah. the hound saves her and is like, "We have to go." I'm that's so sorry, right. but that's okay. it. Uh, okay. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm 
because I knew eventually I'm just like, well, she goes to Bravos and she goes, you know, over there. And I'm like, well, whoa. Yeah, now we're getting we're getting what is probably my one of my favorite storylines throughout the entire show is about to start with the Hound and Arya. Classic trope. Oh, yeah. Um, The grizzled bear of a man and the (laughs) the young girl who he cares for begrudgingly doesn't want to admit, but he does. (laughs) And uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, But finally. Jamie and Brienne are slowly making their way across the country through the Riverlands, heading to King's Landing, intending to make the prisoner exchange for the Stark girls, really just Sansa. Uh, but uh, Jamie continues to mock Brienne along the way, and Brienne is wary enough to not let Jamie out of her sight, even insisting on keeping him on a leash and watching while he urinates so he doesn't slip away. And Jamie deduces that Brienne isn't from the North because he would have noticed her at Winterfell when he visited there. Uh, so she must be a Baratheon supporter and she angrily denies supporting Stannis. So he's like, ah, Renly then. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Stannis. Yeah. This, this, I haven't said my favorite scene. It's because this, it, it took, it took until this. It's because this is, it's so simple. It's just two characters walking. Oh, and it was beautiful to look at. Yeah. Walking and talking and, and like, Whenever she says, oh, gods, no. And then, like, and then eventually says, you fancied, you know, Renly. Um, No, I did not fancy him. And then he turns back, by the gods, you did. You know, it's just like, the, the, they're starting to get cute now. I don't know. Like, it's not Jamie solely just insulting her. He's still insulting her. And, you know, ah, I get whatever. But now it's like more playful. It's more playful. It's, uh, yeah, and I don't know, they're, they're, they're getting cute, and and eventually, you get a fight, but, you know, the fight between them, and it's, it's, it's not, you know, like, mm. the fairest fight, it's, it's not, you know, everyone's like, oh, who would win in a fight, you know, at their peaks, you know, they, we always like to, uh, you know, talk. You move well. But, uh, this was so much better, like, this is so much better, Jamie, you know, saying, like, I have a conundrum for you. You kill me, you fail Lady Stark. You don't kill me. You know, and like, I don't know. It's just, it, it's so, it adds another layer to the fight instead of it just being Jamie's in armor, Brienne's in armor, and they're going to fight and one yeah. of them will eventually get the upper hand, you know, in sword play. It's like, no, this is, this is way better um, and makes it way more interesting to watch. So that's, that's why I was, I pick it as my favorite scene is they're walking and I like them just talking, but then the actual fight itself had purpose. Oh, so and good. Like meaning well, and and everything. And probably the most compelling part of their storyline this episode for me is the friendly traveler who they come across. And Jamie goes, he recognized me. You have to kill him. And Brienne going, no, he didn't. It'll be okay. I can't do that. And like, I almost picked Gwendolyn Christie for the performance because her eyes are like welling up with tears because I think she knows what she needs to do, but she will not do it. She won't do that. Uh, that's not, that's not. She doesn't want to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want to admit it. And, oh, and this guy does end up fucking them. Uh, yeah. I mean, and Jamie knew like right away. Cause like that dude was like, Oh, yep. What up? All right. Let's, all right. I'm off. You know, it was very fast and he was like, all right, I'll see you later. Um, like Jamie knew and, and it was kind of clear that Brienne also knew but was like i can't like no way i can just kill that dude right um and i it i love that jamie's always picking at that though like you better not fail 
your your lady Stark. You know, you better you better keep me you know alive. What are you gonna do if 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 he goes and tells the whole town that I'm Jamie Lannister? What are you gonna yeah, do? What then? What then? And, and like it's it's constantly like you can just see Brienne like ah, oh, what do I do? What do I do? But it's like I just love seeing their their relationship build just slowly, just up. Um, and their fight was awesome, and and you know up until the end. Um, I don't know. I I would like to imagine that they just slice down every single horse and man that that you know because they're just Brienne and Jamie and they just went off right there. But nah, um, no, nah. It, it's okay. Um, nope they uh, they get arrested and it results in Jamie losing a hand, Brienne falling in love, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but thrones. Nevertheless, they almost make her fight a bear. Uh, regardless. Uh. Let's give this episode a rating. I believe we hit all the favorites. Uh, Indeed, we did. Yes. Enjoyment wise, I'm pretty. I'm pretty high on this one. Uh, not like a, not a perfect ten or anything, but I think it's it's close to a nine. That's what I was gonna say. A little bit higher than last episode. It, I don't. It's either on the same level as last episode, or maybe I don't know. This was just a nice sit back. Mm. Very relaxing episode of Thrones, right? Almost. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, nine was was my gut. I'd say like it it does that little relaxing part gives it that little bump, gives it a little boost. It does. I did, yeah, I did enjoy. Um, are we are we still doing genre, but not like are we? Because this is a ten, or? is it not? I mean, we get brand and all that fantasy mm-hmm. stuff that was like nuts. And then just Marjorie, her game, like all that's. I say, I say, we push through season three. Yeah. If season three is all tens, then come season four, we can go ahead and go. All right, let's go ahead and nix the genre rating because we have had episodes where it doesn't get a ten in the genre in Game of Thrones. But I don't know if they've officially found their footing, and now every episode is a ten. We will see. Um. Yeah, because I don't know. It it is fair whenever we're if we're comparing this to other TV shows, you need that ten in there because other TV shows it's not a ten every single time. Right. But if we're just if this is just a Game of Thrones rewatch, you know, and they are tens every time, you know, I mean, maybe we do add like maybe we add we split critical into like story and. The, right, I don't know, maybe right. we split it up way more. I don't know, something like that. But yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. There, but but yeah, uh, this episode. Yeah, we'll I, keep I we'll keep we'll keep genre for at least season three, and we'll see if if it, if we ever want to change it. But uh, yeah, it's a ten again there. Um, and critically, it's a damn good episode. Like I'm uh, I'm real high on it. Uh, what did we give last week? A nine. Critically I'd say last. it's on even footing. Like it's yeah. it's right there. Yeah, I don't know. I. I don't have any visually. That's the thing. I I took too many screenshots, so um, yeah, yeah, very very uh, good looking. The stories, not necessarily all the action or riveting, you know, that of Thrones that you get every time. But it's this is the the good parts of the show. If I don't know, you just want to sit back and relax, watch a nice episode of Thrones. They did they did perfect on on that on that foot of, like for an episode of television. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say pretty on par. With I, didn't, last episode. I didn't do agree. So 
I guess that would, I, don't, I haven't put in that there. Yeah, just a little bit above last episode. This is a 9-3-3, which last episode was a 9-2-5. So All right. just, just that little bump. Just that little bump. I appreciate that, and I, I tend to agree. Uh, but yeah, it was another great episode of Thrones, and there's going to be nothing but great episodes for a while here. Um, and I'm so glad we're covering it, because this shit has been massively enjoyable. But with that, we will conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming. If you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of movie and book reviews, comic book pull lists, all sorts of content over there. And for three bucks a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. So head over there, please. And thank you. Head to Twitter. Follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever it is that you might be listening. Uh, if you're fucking with me and Joe, this Wednesday we continue Rebellion's Bloom with the conclusion of the Bad Batches season. Uh, we're covering episodes season two, 14, episode 14 through 16 this Wednesday. That'll be a lot of fun. And then Friday, our comic book movie journey through film continues with Blade officially starting a sort of new era in comic book movies there with Blade. And we'll be joined by Azure, friend I went to high school with, and I'm very excited for that one. Can't wait for you to hear it. Had some connection issues, and I won't lie, you will be able to tell. Uh, <laughs> if you would, thank Joseph George with me for being here. Thank you, Joe. How you doing? Thanks. Oh. Yeah, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Ah, and it's always a pleasure to have you. I was Colton Robertson, and remember, peace, love, and bloom, and some people will always need help. That doesn't mean they're not worth helping.